I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Here we go. It's a week nine trip to Tampa Bay, and it's a matchup of the last two Super Bowl champions who have fallen on hard times. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long. Seven in the rearview mirror, DeMarco. Ten to go against nine different opponents. I'll play the Seahawks twice. Of those nine opponents, only three currently have winning records. So the schedule not necessarily as daunting as it might have looked this summer, but I think there are a lot of opponents looking at the Rams saying similar things, unfortunately. I would like it a whole lot better if the Rams had a winning record because we're kind of in that same group. Mm -hmm. But Really, I mean, I never uh, put that together. The last two Super Bowl champions, you're exactly right. That's fun. Uh, Two teams that that need a win. Badly, that want to get back in the win column uh, sooner than later. So yeah, this will be a uh, what do you call a crossroads matchup for both teams. Before we go too far down that pathway, where we'll spend much of the next hour, I'm curious where you're at with respect to the 2022 Rams. Want to get into the offensive line issues, the potential return of Cam Akers, all of that. But first, let's just reminisce for a second about that game last year, the most recent trip to Tampa Bay. We thought it would be the final Brady game, the final Rams Brady showdown. And they go so far back. They go back two decades, a couple of Super Bowls, all those sorts of things. Um, but that was one of my fondest memories of last season, and yet weirdest. Because yeah, it was like yeah. they beat them twice, right? Like they, yeah. they won the initial phase of the game, then started coughing up possession and committing critical errors, let the Bucks come all the way back. And then you had the love of the game play and the game winner by Matt Gay. It was, <laughs> right. it was you got you got two for one almost. Right, right. Uh, I, I remember that back and forth. Yeah, um, always special when you you lock horns with Tom Brady. But I keep saying this: the the Rams run to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, it was great. You won it here in Los Angeles. Huge. Will never be duplicated. But in the middle of that, try to remember that you had to beat Brady twice to do it. And and the last one was there. So. Special. That was a team of destiny. So it's weird how we're sitting here right now at four and five. Because it feels like, I mean, there's a long way to go. Don't get me wrong. This is not a true elimination game. But it's hard to me, for me to see the loser of this game playing in the postseason, right? Because they're, yeah. on, they're on such hard times right now. And it's not just the record. It's the underlying issues. If the Bucks were to lose a four straight, if the Rams were to lose another and go to three and five in their division... It's a long road back. No doubt. But Tampa has, what, two wins in their division, right? So Their division's different. Even if they You'd take have a to, bump to, to the Rams, right. they still have a shot. Who yeah. do you have faith in? Atlanta? Carolina? New Orleans? None. Uh, maybe New Orleans, but not so New Orleans anymore. But Atlanta can up, jump, beat anybody with the way they play ball, and Carolina's just weird. By comparison, I think there are two clearly playoff caliber teams in the west in seattle and san francisco okay yeah that's my take that's on. gotta hurt to say right now right I, it, it, <laughs> you know I, i'm drinking i'm drinking my daily dose here right. my uh, my starbucks but you ever have the um the, the toothpaste ruin your morning coffee Absolutely. situation. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it yeah that's where i am today and that feels like where i am with the season so far. Ah. It's like, you know there's a lot of good there. You really want to enjoy yeah. that part of your day, that part of your program. But things are out of sorts. Things are clashing 
It tastes bad. There's there's issues, and the thing is, you're not as good as last year, and I'm we're not sure how good you are right now. I feel like we need to ban the phrase "last year" from our collective. Lexicon. Okay. Well, I don't think you're as good as you were a month ago. No, I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not blaming yeah. you for going down that yeah, road. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, is last year looming over this team? Is- Mathematically, you are still defending champion until you're knocked out of the postseason, right? You're you're still defending champion, so it still does matter. Because believe me, every head coach that talks about the Rams, I'm sure that Todd Bowles is doing it. He's going to bring up to his team, this team won the Super Bowl last year because of this guy, this guy, and that guy, and that guy. Just to keep up, you know, that, that that fear factor going. But it still factors in. But like I said, we're, I'm not even sure how good this team is right now. Roster-wise, wow. That's why I asked Sean man McVay on Monday. Wow. Like, yeah. Do you, as the head coach, as kind of the architect of this thing, as the person who's in charge of each and every game plan, do you feel like you have a true sense of what this roster is capable of? And I don't blame him. His answer was kind of indecisive. It was like, no, because we haven't had the continuity to do what we set out to do. Right. I mean, they've built an offense and a scheme around leveraging Matthew Stafford's unique arm talent, his ability to drop back and full field read and spray it to all quadrants of the field. That's been taken away from them since like the opening series against Buffalo. Yeah, you're different. You're different. You're going to have to adjust now. And I think it, yeah. it, it impacts the Cam Akers and the Daryl Hendersons of the world, right? Because their backs with certain strengths and preferences, and it, it doesn't really seem to fit right now. It, it's like you can feel the strain, especially from the head coach and the play caller, in terms of what options are available to him, what he feels like he's able to reach into and call. See, this is why I, I, I guess I'm – it's not all gloom and doom, and it's early. And who knows? Twelve months from now, we may say that Sean McVay got this team to three and four with the way this roster is constructed. Wow, that was a hell of a coaching job, right? Because of what's going on. But I would say this: I think Sean McVay is more Belichick than he is Jeff Fisher. And I'll say this: Jeff Fisher was the type of guy that would, if his offense or whatever was not working, he would say, "Do the same thing, just do it harder," right? Because all the pl- all the blame goes to the players. I think Belichick is more, well, what can I do? What do I have? This is what I want to do, but I can't do that. So how do I get to this? So I think McVay is more of that. So I'm looking forward to Sunday to see how creative he's going to be because I don't think he's the guy that's just going to keep doing the same thing over and over and not getting results. He's going to change stuff up. With DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, a Week 9 edition of Rams All Access here. Still to come, we'll take a look around the NFC West, plus we'll check in with the Buccaneers, a segment we call Four Down Territory. But the point you make is still fresh in my mind. From earlier this week, um, when we talked with Sean about his painful, nauseating decision to take that lead into the halftime locker room against the 49ers, rather than using the minute left on the clock and his timeout to go chase more points. That is completely antithetical to his nature. I mean, that must Hated kill <laughs> every fiber in his being. Yeah. But they set out, I think, to make sure that Matthew Stafford was not put in any known passing situation so that the Niners could pin their ears back and go after him. I think partially the pick six at the end of the first half against Carolina had to be echoing around that decision. Oh, yeah. Too. But that's, to me, an example of what you're talking about, which is maybe reluctantly recognizing that we are not who we thought we were. 
going to be. We're not who we were last year. How can I pivot? How can I play to what strengths we do have, which may be limited, but they're still there? I think everything is, like I said, everything is available to him. Uh, the guy can reach back into history and bring things. I saw Mike Martz do it. Uh, you can bring things out that will throw the defense off to give you a chance or at least give you an edge to run the football because you just can't open it up and throw it all over the yard. Here's my question. And expect to have a quarterback by the end of the year. Yeah. Are you making lemonade on a week-to-week basis in the hope of staying above water, staying at or above 500 for long enough to fill in the blank? What is that? Is that long enough for other teams to just fall off the pace? Is that long enough to hopefully get Coleman Shelton and Mm. David Edwards back to the point where you can repair this thing? Because now the trade deadline has come and gone, and your roster is essentially your roster. Right. And and Andrew Whitworth's not walking through that door. Not at all. Uh, Look, I look at it more of we're still trying to swim to the surface. We've got to get to where the air is. And once we get to the top, we'll figure out which way land is. So you have to get through game by game. And I'll tell you something. Uh, the pick six that you brought up versus Carolina, I'm sure that factored in. But more recent history, your first drive went for negative two yards. They were fired up. They told you early that you couldn't block them. So the last thing you wanted with a minute to go, one timeout with a four-point lead was to get sacked. I mean, get sacked hard and give them more momentum coming out of the second half. So I thought I thought it was the exact right decision to make. It's a shame you had to make that choice. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly well put. It's not that we take issue with the decision, because in the context in which it was made, it was probably the right thing to do. It was even proven correct by the fact that when you kick it off to begin the second half, your defense gets to stop. Got the stop, right. But we hate the decision because of what it reflects about where the Rams are. It is what right it is. Now. <laughs> yeah, it right? Is like, what it is, right. And that's what lingers into this week. When you face a team that's swimming in those same waters. I mean, other than having a few extra days to prepare, this Buccaneers team and their predicament looks eerily familiar, you doesn't know, it? I've said this before, right? Uh, this about the Bucks. I t- and, and no one wants to hear it, but I felt bad for Tom Brady the last month. Everything that guy was going through—that's hard. Uh, you got to deal with football, which is hard enough. Plus, your personal life is kind of falling apart. So, I do wonder what's he going to be like this week now that it's all said and done. You know what I mean? Yeah, so we may get a different Brady. And watching him on tape, I think somebody said it, he does look old, or he looked older, you know, trying to get away from pressure. But this week could be the let-it-all-hang-out type Tom Brady, which is exactly what I think this defense needs to be challenged. And you're not facing Christian McCaffrey this week. You actually have a chance to be more aggressive. Mm, You better not be hoping for anything less than Hall of Fame caliber, though. Because I think you'll be disappointed. Right, well, Tom Brady's back on the market, people. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's back on the market. He's looking to impress folks. What's the best way to get your, your name in the paper? Throw about five touchdowns. Absolutely. I, mean, I do think because of his superhuman accomplishments yeah. and his age-defying accolades, you, you do forget that there's a life and a person behind it. And, right. and I'm with you that, unfortunately, through the trials of this professional football season, that's been covered and that's been – topical and that's been drawing headlines and that's unfortunate and he's been missing practice uh, and and you wonder why they lose three straight and i'm not trying to connect these dots but it it did just click into my head 
since we talked about Sean McVay a lot already. Man, did it pain me to, to see someone who I like and admire at the podium this week talking about the loss of his grandfather. Oh, man. The, wow. archi- the you know One of the architects of that uh, 49ers dynasty. And to see Sean choke up yeah, and acknowledge the fact that a lot of what he's been able to accomplish in his career is because of his grandfather, including the fact that he got to start in Tampa Bay, get to start in the National Football League coming out of college. That's not reality for most people in the profession. What was the quote that he said? The, the thing you most like about someone who's not here, be that. What was that? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, exactly. Be be what you liked most about the, the person who can't Every be Every time any we talk to this guy in a coach's show, either on camera or off, I, I learn something. And it's great. It's like I'm still learning from a head coach. Uh, tremendous. And that's the thing about Cam Akers that got me. Because the news comes out about McVay and his grandfather. His grandfather passes away. And then all I keep hearing is, you're not trading Cam Akers? Guys, just move it to another day. This might not be the day for that. That's exactly where I was going next. Is oh, okay. The life of a head football coach. And it is a life, and it does have responsibilities in the football facility. And that's really where we're at. That's where Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are at. That's right. where Sean McVay, Cam Akers, and the Rams are at. The trade deadline has come and gone. No major moves for the Los Angeles Rams. But might they be getting healthy and might they be getting right in their backfield? That's where we'll begin our next segment, what to make of Cam Akers' decision and his future with the Rams. You're listening to Rams All Access. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hope you're having a great Thursday night, everyone. Thank you for spending part of it with us. Back with DeMarco Farr. J.B. Long previewing the Rams and the Buccaneers. Week 9 in the NFC from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. It's going to be warm. Going to be above 80 at kickoff on Sunday. So pack accordingly. What time are we leaving Los Angeles? Because really, that's that's a hard pack. It may be cold leaving Los Angeles, and then we're going into hot. Mm. And then the other way coming back, that's going to be weird. Wow. Wow. Uh, so we promised uh, on the previous side of that break, DeMarco, a look inside what's going on with the Cam Akers situation. And without reading too many tea leaves, it feels like they could not find a viable trade offer. So they sat down with Cam and said, look, we could have done some things better. Clearly, we're asking more and different of you. But at this point, I seem to see two pathways. Tell me if I'm missing one. Either you can rejoin us in the fashion that we hope you would. Or we can release you and you can take your chances with 31 other teams who were not willing or able to put together a trade package that was of interest to us. 
Is there a third? Wow. Is there a third option that I'm not seeing? No, uh, no, it really. Uh, look, you're going to have to play if you're Cam Akers, and look, you're going to have to put aside your differences. And he wants to, by the way. He's tweeted things like, "I miss football." Well, if he wants to play and they want to play him, then let's play. That's the thing. I mean, forget about it. It's water under the bridge. Who cares what happened? The fact of the matter is, your team needs you, and I hope it's killing him that you're not out there while your brothers are sweating blood trying to get victories and struggling to run the football. I hope that you are chomping at the bit to get out there. Really, I I hope whatever it is isn't bigger than you sitting on the sidelines while your brothers are out there trying to get a victory without you. That should be the biggest thing in your mind right now. Mm. I mean, his potential return coincides with what we think is going to be the activation of Kyron Williams, the rookie that they drafted out of Notre Dame who I think they've just been dying to use for a lackluster running game to give them a spark. So the depth chart could potentially have available to them Cam, Daryl, the way we thought the Rams were going to start, Kyron, and Ronnie Rivers. I have no idea how like a carry share or a play snap share might play in Tampa Bay this week. Do you? I think all carries are negotiable, depending on how you're going. I mean, you're looking for a hot hand right now. You are. Uh, but out of that, I would say Cam would get the first nod. You're the starter. Come back. I think you're the most capable back they have. Um, with a line like this, you're going to need somebody that can run for power because you're going to have to run through some people, especially you know within uh, the, the LOS, the line of scrimmage. Uh, outside of that, I think all carries are wide open. Um, the next guy would be Daryl, and let's see what happens on that carry. And then Kyron, and then Ronnie Rivers. And just keep going until you find somebody that gets hot. But it doesn't matter who. The ball just needs to matriculate down the field by via rushing mm-hmm. yards. So I hope it's going to be Cam. I hope they can get over that because, like you said, man, this is that would be terrible if he gets released from a football team that wants to play him. That would be crazy. What if the point is just moot? And like Sean McVay said this week, that he feels like sometimes he's just wasting plays if they hand it off because of how inept they are in the run game assignments, getting a hat on a hat up front. Well, look, I I don't care if if you go, what do you have, uh, three wins? Three wins, right? I don't care if you go three and whatever. You're going to have to run the football. The last thing, how many screens can you run per game before they catch up to you? So here's my thing is, all right. Really, think about that. How How many things, how many quick screens and how many ways can you move the football without actually rushing it? Before the defense just says, we don't buy anything, and we're going after Matthew Stafford. I feel like the 49ers got there. There it is. Right. And I would imagine the Bucks would start there until and, proven otherwise. And they did put him in the blue tent. So that's your warning. So you're going to have to run the football. So my question is, all right, let's assume it's the same five. For the first time all season, I think the Rams at least have the option of starting the same five offensive linemen in back-to-back weeks. The question that I posed to Sean, and I think is open-ended, this week is did the individual and collective performance warrant running that back again in week nine against the Buccaneers we'll see yeah they well, do. what's coming off the bench in Seki Brewer I mean Skura I, I think you're just moving problems around it's going to be the same issue you okay know? yeah so, so let's say they stand pat you've been in this game a long time give me a realistic expectation for week to week internal improvement what can you do better? What can you coach better? What can you scheme better to get more than three yards per carry? Okay, well, right now, okay, I'll tell you what's happening with the 49ers. Um, they can stop you with seven, and the problem is they're always going to have an extra hitter because there's no quarterback run threat. So 
you're going to have to figure out how to hold that back that that backside guy off some way somehow whatever um, and you're not getting much knockoff here's the thing that happened San Fran would slant two guys and they would tie up three or four so there's, there's further dictating the math in their favor exactly and that's why Fred Warner is like missile to missile each sideline guy to sideline coming in yeah. scot free hitting Ronnie Rivers right in the hole one on one this is what I mean this is why I hope if Cam Akers comes back it's kind of I wouldn't say tailor made but I think his body type is more suited to that you're going to have to take on these backers make a miss and then get going but yeah you're, you're going to have to figure out some way to take a guy off of your off of run defense, either by booting the quarterback out or whatever. But you just can't keep running the same stuff over and over and over again, expecting to have success. I mean, I feel like we've gone far enough down the offensive pathway that we probably need to pivot and devote and, a few words to the Rams defense. But by go the ahead. way, I did have a conversation with David Edwards, and I asked him how's the head. He said fine. He is expecting to come back sooner than later, and. Hopefully with no long-term effects. So he is chomping at the bit to get back in. That's a great sign when your offensive guard, one of your best, is getting ready to come back and he can't wait to get in there. I mean, if that plays out and if Coleman Shelton joins him, there is some internal improvement optimism. Yes. But that's not going to be this week. This week is about just (laughs) look in the mirror, chin strap, off we go against... Vita Vea, oh boy. for instance, yeah, and yeah. the rest of that defensive front for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are themselves struggling in many of the same ways on their side of the offense, uh, led by Tom Brady with some phenomenal names. I mean, Godwin's still there. Evans is still there. Julio Jones is there. Leonard Fournette is there. It's it's difficult for me from the outside looking in to wrap my mind around why they have not had the success that everyone expected of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I, th- I think the Rams' defense didn't rise to the occasion last week either against Garoppolo and the Niners. We, we all get that, that when Christian McCaffrey scores three different ways, when Jimmy Garoppolo puts up a historically good performance, they didn't show up. Right. They did not show up. Well, the way you look on – this is just – this is for the future and maybe into the postseason this year. But the way the defense is constructed with, with McCaffrey now in that offense up there, you may have to rethink it. Right? I mean, really. Really. I mean, he really made you pay out of the backfield, and he made you pay between Without the Without check or Debo. Absolutely. So, I mean, that that's only going to get worse when those guys come back. But I think the Rams do match up with Tampa Bay uh, a lot better, match up with their offense a lot better. I, I still think you have a Jalen Ramsey versus Mike Evans situation. Yeah, I'm just— You can I'm go tr- one-on-one with that guy. I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm just trying yeah. not to just rest on, well, at least it's not the 49ers this week. Like, I hate being in that That's place. okay, but that's where you are. That, that's just reality. But, I mean, I think you have— a chance like you said you'll have a guy that can go nose to nose with Mike Evans he'll give as good as he'll get uh up front I I think Aaron Donald can be Aaron Donald he's going to be on grass he's going to be on the road he loves to be be the villain who else though DeMarco like it's going to have to be Leonard Floyd okay and and Greg Gaines sounds like he's healthier and more impactful got a sack hopefully that will spur him on so uh and the linebackers, Ernest Jones and Bobby Wagner, I think will have an easier time tracking Leonard Fournette out of the backfield than they ever would with, with Christian McCaffrey. So this could be a chance to where Tampa Bay's defense is going to have success. The Rams are, are going to have to match it or, or play better than them to win this football game. It's always this way on Sundays, but this feels like a disposition showdown, right? Because I think both teams are really feeling it right now. They're feeling their season teetering maybe getting away from them who brings a renewed commitment 
who brings a fresh positivity who plays with joy and and zeal and enthusiasm and who looks like maybe they just don't have it this year i mean there's going to be times on sunday during that three-hour window where i think you're going to be reading body language from the bucks and the Rams. you know hopefully maybe unless i miss my guess big time if cam Akers trots out there and is your starter and gives you something that's your spark that changes everything about this football team that changes your offensive complexion. That will change your demeanor. That will change everything. Hopefully they can get that part fixed. I think that's been the issue. Could it be the same if it's Kyron instead of Cam? Like as we chat here on Thursday, we don't even know like what it's going to look like in practice with Cam Akers. Let's face it. When the that last time a, we, yeah. the last time we saw him, he was struggling mightily. Right. If it's Kyron, that's a whole different spark and, and, and a whole different energy. That works too. But to fix what ails... If you can fix, amend that fence with a starter like Cam, I think that would give you a tremendous lift. But if Kyron wants to go ahead and run, <laughs> be one of those combo backs for 200-plus you know, combined yards, so be it. Absolutely. I, I like the narrative that I feel like you're trying to sell to me, and, and I'm slowly buying into it, which is this is not the season where you make a move for Jalen Ramsey or for Von Miller, right? This is a season where you have to sit down and come to terms and get the best out of Cam Akers. Boom. Get the most out of Greg Gaines. Get more. Find someone other than Tyler Higby who can give you some positive reps at tight end. And on and on and on, we can go down this pathway. Yeah. Ashawn Robinson, that frustration that was boiling over against the 49ers, can you bottle it up and point it at the Buccaneers? Like, <laughs> No doubt. What you have is what you have. And I do think there's some finality that comes on the other side of the trade deadline where let's stop looking over our shoulder. Let's stop worrying about what Odell Beckham Jr. is going to do. What we have is what we have. Let's go put it on display against the Bucs. It's all in the locker room. It's all in the locker room already. What's the uh, the tackle for San Francisco? The McGlin- big tackle. McGlinchey or Trent no, Williams? Trent Williams. Trent Williams. And I know we gave a lot of credit to Christian McCaffrey. A throw-catch run day, phenomenal. But that left tackle was better than anybody lined up over him last week. So... At least you don't have that. So I'm I'm expecting guys like Aishon, guys like Leonard Floyd, to step forward this week and become game wreckers. You know, mm-hmm. I hope. So I'm with you. Uh, th- th- there is no savior coming through the door. It's it's already in the locker room. Let's uh, take a break from putting the microscope on the Los Angeles Rams and shine the spotlight on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Done. when we come back. All right, four down territory with my friend Scott Smith when we continue on Rams All Access, 710 ESPN. All right, we continue on this week nine edition of Rams All Access. DeMarco Farr will be back momentarily. I'm J.B. Long. And uh, if you've been with us on this program previously, you've seen a Rams-Buccaneers matchup, and that means that my brother-in-law, Scott Smith, is our insider for Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. He is the Fox 13 Sports Director in Tampa, Florida. Scott, how's it going? I think Bucks fans have seen enough of the Rams at this point. I think <laughs> I think they'd like to move on to a different uh, NFC West opponent maybe at this point. Yeah, kind of strange that the last two Super Bowl champions are meeting in what amounts to a desperation bowl. But, uh, Scott, yeah. even though you're the Fox 13 sports director, this game is strangely on CBS, an NFC game on CBS. So I assume that means you've got the day off and will be tailgating, not working at Raymond James Stadium? <laughs> right. Yes, it will be a it'll be a crazy affair in the parking lot. I'll be going nuts, probably shirtless. Uh, but yeah, so I, and, and then we don't publicize it at all. So as far as our viewers know, the Bucks are not playing this weekend. <laughs> 
right, MJD will see you out there in the parking lot, tailgater that he is. All right, to the real business at hand, uh, the Bucks and the Rams. Tampa Bay had a long week, Scott, uh, from their most recent Thursday night football loss to the Baltimore Ravens. How do you think they put the extra time to use? Well, Todd Bowles said that, uh, you know, he and the, the coaches kind of did some self-scout. They do this, obviously, on, on bye weeks and treating this one as a bye week. Uh, they they have been talking in kind of these vague terms in recent weeks, given the three-game losing streak, that there are things that they have been trying to implement and that they are working on that. So what those exactly are, we're not exactly sure. But, I mean, the problems around this team on both sides of the ball are quite evident. Um, just unable to convert on third downs, convert short yardage situations. Defensively, the team is, is breaking down late in games. They've been able to, unable to stop the run, as evident last week against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, uh, where they racked up over 200 yards in the second half alone. So the, 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 the problems are plentiful, but, but he has assured Bucks fans this week that, that the coaching staff has uh, engaged a lot of these issues. They're working on it this week, and hopefully they can turn some of these things up over against the Rams. Scott Smith lending us some Buccaneer perspective before Week 9, L.A. and Tampa Bay here on 4 Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory. Scott, we've spent a lot of time on this program talking about the Rams' ineptitude on early downs, especially in the running game. It sounds like much the same issues have been plaguing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Why have they not been able to run the ball on their end? I think it's easy to point to some of the issues along the offensive line. Three of their five starters this year are new. Uh, left guard Luke Gadecki is a rookie, um, though they think highly of him enough to slide him right into the starting role as a rookie. Uh, he is he's learning on the job, and it's been rough. They've they've slid in Nick Leverett due to a in, uh, injury. Gadecki has uh, has had the last now two weeks. I believe he's going to be out this week again. Probably it's looking like it at least. So offensive line, the chemistry that they had there in years past is now not there. So there's some of that. And then I think a lot of folks around here are a little bit curious when this team is going to start to slide some more of these carries to their rookie running back in Rashad White out of Arizona State. Uh, Leonard Fournette unable to, to do the job back there and this offense is like a historically bad running team right now. Last in the NFL, uh, they just can't get anything going on the ground. And, and I, I don't think it's ever going to be an evenly distributed you know, run-pass ratio. But I, I think that in order to save Tom Brady and uh, to, to kind of keep this team on the field, they have to learn how to run the ball in, in some more effective ways and to your point on, on the Rams' early down struggles in the run, it's exactly the same thing with the Bucks. Scott Smith joining us here on Rams All Access. We'll finish with Tom Brady, our fourth question, but let me flip over to Devin White and the defense. I'm struggling to kind of wrap my mind around what's going on there on that side of the football to the point where, like, Hall of Famer Warren Sapp and Buccaneer legend is taking shots at Devin White. What's going on there? <laughs> well, there was a play that is now somewhat infamous of Devin White uh, loafing it as they, they use the term, uh, on what was, I believe, a 60-yard run uh, last week against the Ravens. And he was. I mean, it's, it's evident. You don't want to see that from a leader on your defense. But Todd Bowles has, like, gone back over and over. He's been asked about Devin White. He says he's the least of his concerns, that this was one isolated play. It's not indicative of the team kind of, you know, throwing the cards in or giving up or quitting. Uh, and, and White is a high-energy guy. At least he has been uh, throughout his early career. And so it's a little disheartening. So Sapp calls it out. 
it gains a little bit more traction. White has, has kind of uh, kept away from the media this week, not, not talking to anybody. So it's obviously gotten back to him. I, I would think that he's, you know, he's a prideful guy. He's, he's going to come out fired up. But, I mean, this defense is just worn down, and a lot of it has been because they've been on the field a ton. And part of it is because of injury. I mean, they, they missed half of their secondary last week. Antoine Winfield Jr. was in and still is in concussion protocol, although he was limited in practice today. Uh, they missed their starting cornerback, Carlton Davis, uh, their slot corner, and Sean Murphy Bunting. And up front, part of their run game has suffered with not having Indomitian Sue, which, which they had the last couple of years. And his replacement was Akeem Hicks, who's missed six games this year, the last six games. He looks like he might be back. So they're missing pieces. Those are excuses. But at this point, you know, with this team kind of digging for answers, I think those are kind of the excuses that we're dealt with, that this, this team is, is worn down, injury-plagued, and we're halfway through and hopefully getting some of these guys back maybe that defense starts to turn things around. Yeah, sounds all too familiar coming from this end here in Los Angeles. Scott Smith is the sports director at Fox 13 in the Tampa Bay area. Final question, and it's the big one, TB12. I think people have been guilty of predicting his demise for about a decade now. On he goes, but uh, a four-game losing streak, if it were to happen, relatively unprecedented in his career. What do you think the chances are that the Bucks and the Rams play again with Tom Brady at the controls after this Sunday? I think it's very slim. I think it's very slim. I mean, this season has been just an absolute slog. Uh, Obviously, the -the off-the-field issues have have taken their toll, and and you can see it in him. Uh, He has done a, a great job of trying to be resilient through all of it. His play in particular has not really fallen off a ton. Uh, but I think it just has, has affected him, and especially when the wins aren't coming. You come back uh, for one more season because you think you have a chance. You think you have a chance to have a really special season and go out on top. This is Tom Brady. He's actually never lost five, five games in, in a six-game span. He has, I don't know that he, in t- the last 20 years, has lost three straight in a row. So these are uncharted territories for him, but, you know, Last week, he sat at his locker for about 15 minutes after that Ravens loss. And he was kind of in almost a, a reflective type of way, like, like he was counting the cost in a sense, whether this emotional slog has been worth it for him. But then he, he's since come out and said, you know, he, he's just as much fired up to go out there and turn the season around as he was coming into the season. So, uh, you know, I, I think we've all learned it's better to not bet against Brady, but whether or not this team has enough horsepower to get to the finish line this year, and that means to the playoffs, I, I think that's going to be based on how poorly this NFC South shakes out. Scott, thank you for all the insight on the Buccaneers. We appreciate you stopping by this show and looking forward to seeing you this weekend in Tampa Bay and uh, maybe even sharing a Bratworth with you you in the parking lot. That sounds good. And, and of course, if you need a a Connecticut-wrapped Nika Habana cigar, of course, what we do really well out here in Tampa Bay, you got one lined up for you, my friend. First stop, Ybor City. Scott, appreciate you. (laughs) See ya. There he goes, Scott Smith from Fox in Tampa Bay, coming back on the other side with DeMarco Farr for a lap around the NFC West and the latest installment of our Playoff Eliminator Contest. Glad you're with us on this edition of Rams All Access, 710 ESPN. 
Final segment of Rams All Access Week 9 takes the Rams to Tampa Bay, the last two Super Bowl champions in a world of hurt trying to set a new course for their season. DeMarco Farr, JB Long with you. Let's take a look at the NFC West and really the entire NFC playoff picture. Who would have thought that the Packers, Rams, and Bucks would all be sub-500 at this stage of the season, that's where we are as the Packers travel to Detroit and the Rams and the Buccaneers go head-to-head. You're talking about <laughs> NFC favorites. Oh, my God. Wow. Unbelievable. With Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks. If somebody had this, like, if somebody knew this was coming, I want to meet that guy. How did you know? Like, who killed the black cat? What is going on here? Wow. I mean, and I guess that's the reason for optimism. If you do look at the playoff picture, is that the Atlanta Falcons at four and four are the current four seed? That Seattle is leading your division, and you know you still got two head to heads way down the schedule against them. I think it's probably time to Marco to realize that Geno Smith and Pete Carroll really are the favorites in the West. You think so? I mean, based I, on what I saw Sunday, I mean... No, I don't still think so. Right, no, absolutely, yeah, I got I'm you. With you. I, got I think you. the McCaffrey 49ers coming off their bye are going to yeah. be the team to beat. But on paper, when you're eight games deep and you're at five and three and you've played the way that they have... You're pretty good. You're pretty good. Yeah, you are what your record says you are. So, look, Geno Smith is uh, turning a lot of heads in Seattle. But Pete Carroll, look, was there any doubt that he how long it was going to take him to, to rebuild... And be right back in the thick of things. It oh, is Pete Carroll. Oh, I, I remember being in this room at times last year, knowing that it was probably going to come down to him or Russell Wilson. Yeah. And like most people, the guy who's your quarterback, who's a future Hall of Famer, who gets paid more, is probably, who's younger, is probably the direction you go. Wow. I know. You got to tip your cap to <laughs> Seattle for making the right decision. The guy's ageless and he's smart. So, yeah. Uh, it is a division game this week on the road. Uh, in Glendale, Arizona, against the three and five Cardinals, Seahawks and Cardinals. Who do you like in that one, Demarco? I'll take the Seahawks. Uh, I do not trust the Arizona Cardinals as far as I can tr- uh, throw them. But Seattle, Geno Smith—they're playing inspired football, and you know how that crowd gets uh, when the team starts to believe, the fans start to believe. It gets loud in there, and that's a natural advantage. So I'll take Seattle. Hmm. Cardinals next on the Rams schedule. It'll be interesting to see where the Rams are coming back from Tampa and what's at stake when Kyler and Cliff and really the team that they've played better than any other arrives at SoFi Stadium. I think that's the only home game, by the way, in the month of November. Is it really? Yeah, wow. after a home-heavy October, now the calendar and the schedule flips. Any other game you've got your eye on this week before we get to our playoff eliminator contest? Uh, no, I'm all Rams bucks, to be honest. I mean... Like, after that game on Sunday, did you actually go home and watch football? Because I didn't. No, I I turned to the family and, and I, exactly, escaped a little bit. Exactly. I read books with my daughter. Yep. So, yeah, no. I mean, the only game I'm looking forward to is Rams-Tampa. I'm curious about Vikings commanders. Minnesota at 6-1 and one, uh, going to Washington. If they can pick up a road win, I mean, it, it looks like they're going to run away with that division. Chicago was a seller at the deadline. Green Bay's in a world of hurt. Green Bay playing Detroit head-to-head this week. If the Vikings can get the 7-1, and one, our old friend Kevin O'Connell's pretty much locked in. Right in the mix yeah. of things. I mean, do you uh, do you have any faith in the commanders at all, talent-wise? Or, just, um, or are you just saying, like, getting to 7-1 and one would be I mean, they're a respect- pressure in itself? They're a respectable 4-4. Yeah. Four four. yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but anyways, to our playoff eliminator contest. Yeah. 
Uh, let's review. For our audience, uh, DeMarco and I are drafting teams week by week, all season long, that we think are going to miss the NFL postseason. If they do, we get a point for each correct pick. Bing! However, if someone that we've drafted plays into the NFL postseason, that blows up our portfolio and we ourselves are eliminated. So here's where things stand. And before I get to this list, I should point out that early in the year, I gave DeMarco a mulligan on the Miami Dolphins. I I gave him a chance to hit eject and get them out of his group, uh, knowing that that was maybe a ticking time bomb. He took that mulligan. So even though, where I'm going with this, I have the Seattle Seahawks in my group with the Jets, Falcons, and Panthers, clearly worried about the Seahawks. But I know in the back of my mind, DeMarco, that I can push them out the door at some point this right. month or next month. Playing with house money. So Jets. I've got Seahawks, Jets, Falcons, and Panthers. DeMarco has the Texans, all good there. Raiders, all good there. The Commanders, 4-4. Four and four. On steady ground in Pittsburgh, seems like a good pick. That was your most recent pick. You went with the Steelers last week, DeMarco. So I have the T, and I'm going to take the Detroit Lions. You're going to take the line. Oh, how dare you is that who you had Jared your eye, Goff. Is no. that who you had your eye on? No, no. I was just, Jared Goff is our guy. How dare you? Because when we were chatting off the air, it seemed like you had a mind to make a pick this week. Am I did. I misreading? You're going to you... love this pick. You guys are going to love my pick. But oh, how dare you pick against the Lions? What's wrong with you? They're kind of... You're going to bite your kneecaps off. They're the team that everyone loves to love? Yeah. Uh, almost like a Chicago Cubs lovable loser type uh, feel to the Lions this year. They fight, yeah. Uh, but it just has not gone Dan Campbell's way. They That's... fired Aubrey Pleasant. How about that? And he fired the cornerback, the secondary coach. Yep, who was with the Rams previously, in yeah. case that name doesn't ring a bell. Come on. I mean, that was just firing somebody to fire somebody, right? I don't think it was his fault. <laughs> a change for change's sake kind of deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To fire people. You know, I thought about this with McVay when it's not going well. Do you? Every coach does this at some point. They have to fire somebody to shake things up. But he doesn't seem like the type of guy that would do that. You're right. He doesn't. Yeah. Because, I mean, you... I don't even want, I don't even want to say what I was going to say because okay. you know you you could make examples of certain individuals and yeah. send that message to your facility. I'm glad he didn't. Yeah, me too. I think it's weak when you do that, and it's it's a sign of the end is coming when you just start firing guys for firing's sake just to fire people up. That's yeah. I'm I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, so my pick this week you're going to love this is actually going to be. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Whoa! <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, Whoa. sir. Even with two division wins, uh, they drop four straight. Like you said, there's no way a team can come back from this and make the postseason. Who's going to represent the South? Atlanta. I think Atlanta is going to mess around and get into the postseason. Atlanta is 1-2 and two in that division. <laughs> You're banking on Mariota? I'm banking on the Rams beating Tampa, number one. And then Tom Brady not being Tom Brady from here on out. And that team, look, they're already pointing fingers at Devin White. And, and look, they're, they're, they're trying to pull that team apart. They want Todd Bowles out of there. Devin White is leading them in every defensive category. I've, every single one. I and forgot still to ask fingers. you what you make of that. That's weird. It's a weird thing. It's, it's strange right now. It's odd. Um, I, I, because I think Todd Bowles is a defensive guy and he doesn't say anything negative about Devin White. So they're making him the scapegoat. But the guy is all over the field. It's, 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 it's fantastic. So I think if the Rams can beat them, I think the, the, those voices only get louder and they go backwards. So I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm adding the, the Lions. Real quick, I, aside from like having Odell Beckham Jr. and 
pass protecting as well as any team in the league last year when when you're in your previous configuration why do you think Stafford and McVeigh have had such success against the Todd Bowles defense because the personnel is there that you would think it's a group that could give them problems well I mean look one thing Bowles does it's it's a 4-3 front or concept and he brings pressure so I think it's easy to tell where you're coming from and you can get into the rhythm and beat them and it's great when they bring pressure and not all 11 Buccaneers know that they're bringing pressure because that's when you get Cooper Cup over the top to win it. Absolutely. <laughs> I, think, I wouldn't expect that gift this week. I think here's here's the, the best way I can answer. I think Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford, they can present more questions than the defense on the field. A Todd Bowles defense will have answers and eventually they'll miss, they'll miss a guy. Man, I hope we're coming back last week and looking at ourselves like, what were those guys talking about? Why were they so worried? Like, why were they tying themselves up in knots over the state of the Los Angeles Rams? They were just due. They were just due. And they needed to get past the trade deadline. They needed to get a Kyron Williams or a Cam Akers in there to make things right. We'll see. We'll see. Looking forward to traveling to uh, Tampa with you, DeMarco. Can't wait, man. Going to be fun. And for our producer, Adam Bronstein, I'm JB Long. Thank you for being with us for a Week 9 edition of Rams All Access.